We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. KC Laboratory. Sponsored by Emprise Bank. It's the KC Laboratory presented by Emprise Bank. Find a bank that doesn't flag you for holding. In fact, they'll reward you for it. Just don't tell the refs. Earn 1.75% annual percentage yield on your monthly balance with a high interest checking account at Emprise Bank. Visit Emprise Bank, member FDIC. Big supporters here of KC Net- Sports Network. Really appreciative of them. Uh, as and I'm appreciative of my friends as well. My dear pals here. First, find him on Twitter at Chief in Carolina. Matthew Lane. Hello, hello, Kent Swanson. <laughs> How are you today? Well, thank you. Uh, I'm doing good. Thanks for asking as well, Kent. Uh, it, college football like officially officially started tonight, mm-hmm. which is great when we're recording this. Ohio State Minnesota is going on. I know week zero passed, but week zero doesn't really count. Like it, the teams that play aren't, don't get you excited. But tonight on Thursday, you got some actual college games, you know, blue blood programs playing. It was a lot of fun to watch that and then get cut off in the middle of it to record this podcast for you guys. So that shows you how much we appreciate your support. <laughs> we appreciate you guys listening. We stopped, well, I stopped watching Ohio State, Minnesota, the first big game of the year so that we could record this great show for you guys. And I know, Craig, you also have a sporting event this evening that you are quite interested in watching. Yeah, we're just getting out of here real quick. Thanks for joining us. You got, no, no, we're, we're here. It's going to be a good time. Um, anybody watching the YouTube channel right now can see I have a new addition to my wardrobe, just like... Kansas City should have a new edition in Macadoodles. Yes, I am wearing a Macadoodle shirt, and we need to get Macadoodles to Kansas City. Knock this out right now. Franchisees, if you are listening, and I know you are, look at me dead in the eyes. Look at me dead in the eyes here. Bring one of these to Kansas City right now. Unparalleled customer service, excellent selection, great pricing, and Everybody that I've ever talked to that has gone into a Macadoodles has been insanely pleased with the experience. So please, please, please get one of these to Kansas City or wherever you are in your neck of the woods. So send an email to roger at info at macadoodles.com and let's get one of these in here. So that way, when I'm wearing this shirt, I can have people come up to me on the street and say, hey man, I love going there. That's one of my favorite places. And I'll be like, yeah, I know. Aren't you glad there's one in Kansas City? 
That's the conversation that I want to have about Macadoodles. Craig, what I want you to do is I want you to wear that shirt uh, at the nearest Macadoodles, which again should be in Kansas City soon enough. But I want you to just go stand by the beer section and give people advice. Like just if they're asking you questions, like you would do a phenomenal job just going over there wearing that Macadoodles polo, just being like, yes, why? Yes, this beverage here could be of, 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 of assistance to you. I think that's what you should do. Oh, All yeah, right. And don't wait for them to ask. You just offer your opinion to absolutely everybody that comes down your aisle. Oh, you you know how good I am at that. So that's definitely something that I really want to do. Well, something I don't really want to do is talk about the unfortunate events that happened with Willie Gay, Chiefs linebacker, who seemed on the pre precipice of making a significant impact for this football team, going on IR, uh, which means at minimum three weeks he will be out. Pretty big blow for a guy who has been a big story, I think, during training camp, Maddie. Yeah, and when this information about his toe injury dropped, you know, it seemed like IR was the most likely thing to happen. But then Willie Gay himself seemed relatively positive and upbeat about it. So you thought maybe he would get a skip by it. But unfortunately, no. The good news, though, is that the IR can be as short as only three weeks. Willie Gay had looked really good mentally and physically when he was able to get on the field for the preseason game. So it's nice that he's been able to get out there, get a few reps in. It's unfortunate this toe injury comes across right now. But the good news is I think he's going to come back in. He'll get his spot back as soon as he comes back. And the Chiefs, thankfully, have brought in, you know, a couple linebackers to fill in the void. You know, they drafted Nick Bolton. Ben Neiman looks like he's taking a step forward this year just by basing of, at, on adding size to his frame. He looks a little bigger. He looks a little stronger. Hopefully, he can turn out his best season in the NFL while Willie Gay's out and just kind of see how these guys can fill in. But I know Craig's disappointed. Craig, you know, was ready to watch Willie Gay this year. I mean, we all were. But Craig, especially a linebacker lover, a linebacker connoisseur, was excited to see the athletic duo of Willie Gay and Light Penny Hitchens. Yeah, I really was excited to see Willie, and this sucks a lot. This sucks a lot, not just for the Chiefs, not just for us fans, but for Willie. Man, doesn't get a full offseason last year. You know, it's cut short. There are different protocols and everything like that, and he talked about learning the playbook and going through some of that. He gets on the field this year. He has a little bit of a setback in training camp, doesn't get to play in the first preseason game, gets on the field for preseason games two and three, and looks like a guy that's ready to take the next step. Then it comes out that he's got some sort of toe injury. It was rumored to be turf toe, but Andy Reid did not say specifically turf toe. It just really sucks because you don't know how long it's going to stick with him. He's obviously an uber-athletic linebacker, a guy that you want on the field want in pursuit, want in coverage. And if that toe is going to limit him, as we saw like with a guy like Patrick Mahomes last year, it does make things a little rougher. Let's hope that it's not as serious as Mahomes's was, definitely. But it remains to be seen what we're going to get out of Willie Gay, when we're going to get him. He can come back as soon as week four, and let's hope that that's all it is. I mean, I, that would be great if that's all it is, but it could be longer. I'm just anxious to find out a little more information about this because that's the guy that I was kind of hanging my hat on having this next step and being just this really big contributor on the defense in his sophomore year. I like how both of you guys are just lamenting like we won't see him on the field. 
Like both of you are just like, yeah. like I, we will. I'm sure we will get to see him at some point. But this is that, yes, that definitely hampers him, and it's something that it's tough to come back from and maybe be the same type of guy that he was before. And hopefully, he's able to play at uh, <laughs> at a capable level because yeah, this he's been a joy to watch during training camp. There's big expectations for this guy. There's a chance, honestly, you know, before this injury. I think you could probably say that there was a chance you look back by the end of the year and Willie or at the end of the year and Willie Gay is the best linebacker on this team uh, because he was certainly trending in that direction. The athletic profile is unmatched to anybody on this uh, on this you know in this defensive line or linebacker group. I'm sorry, and you know this is this is a super talented guy. It's a bummer. Second injury in two years. That's not a great sign either. So you know there's some stuff that you know you're kind of bummed about a little bit here, uh, but optimistic that he will be back at some point this season and we will get to see the Willie Gay experience that we've all been hoping for. Uh, I think that's the concern that you kind of has to start be boiling up with Willie Gay though, is he was dinged up to start the preseason coming out of camp. You know, he was dinged up, missed that first preseason game. Now we follow that up with another toe injury at the end of the preseason games. He missed time at the end of last season. You know, this is just, he's not, None of them have been significant injuries, but he seems like a guy that maybe is getting dinged up, getting injured semi-frequently with minor injuries that are still causing him to miss some time. And sometimes these guys that are super athletic, these guys that are super tightly wound with their muscles, they're pulled really tight, they're really explosive and athletic. Sometimes these guys do go through a whole host of soft uh, soft tissue injuries over and over again. Hopefully that's not going to be Willie Gay you know, down the future. But it's just he's starting to stack up a couple smaller nagging injuries that might have a long-lasting effect. So we just kind of have to knock on wood and hope that's not the case for him. Now, yep. before we move on from the linebackers, I, I do want to talk just a little bit about what this means for the rotation. Um, obviously, Anthony Hitchens, this doesn't change anything for him. I do think that the competition was going to be between B, uh, between Ben Neiman and Nick Bolton for that final third base linebacker spot. Obviously, both of those guys are going to be on the field now. That's good for Nick Bolton. Um, I, I think you want to get him reps. You want him to see live bullets in the you know in the regular season, not just in preseason. Might be able to make enough of a splash where he commands and takes that spot when Willie Gay comes back. Ben Neiman, a guy that has looked better in the preseason, as Maddie said, bigger, stronger. You know, we always know that he's in the right spot. Looks like he's able to make a few more plays than he was before. So I think it's going to be a little bit of an open competition for that spot. But I do think with Anthony Hitchens' apparent improvement this preseason and going into this season, Ben Neiman's apparent improvement, and then having Nick Bolton on the field, I think that it, it's largely a push from your linebacker group next year. And I think you can get through to the point where Willie Gay's on the field and know that when he comes back, your linebacker group is going to be better than it was last year. This weakness that we've all seen for a couple of years or perceived weakness that we've all seen for the past couple of years might turn into something that's not so much of a weakness, but they can get by until then. Well, if you want to go trial by fire here for Nick Bolton, that's something that we don't always get to see necessarily for linebacker mm -hmm. for rookies, you know, for, for, uh, you know, especially linebackers, you know, think about Willie Gay it took us some time to get on the field, but it might be a little bit of trial by fire here for Nick Bolton. And Steve Spagnuolo may not have a choice, but to play him in maybe a little bit more situations than he's typically used to letting a rookie play. That's, that's good. You know, this is something that worked, you know, there's going to be mistakes made, but you know, he just needs to go fail fast in some of those situations and learn. And it's it'll be fun to see him and see how long it takes for the kind of for the lights to kind of turn on a little bit for him 
getting acclimated to the National Football League. And he's going to get a prime opportunity, it seems like, to get more snaps than he has maybe, uh, or maybe he was going to. So that's that's a good indicator for or a good thing for him, and it's going to be fun to watch. Tyron Matthew has been on the, is placed on the COVID list. Um, some there's not a ton of details out there, but it does sound like you know he's 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 missing a little bit of time here. Are we concerned, <laughs> Craig? What what are what what's our what's our thoughts here on the Tyron Matthew situation? I mean, obviously, anybody getting this, I'm concerned for, but. It doesn't sound like from his tweets, from just the kind of overall vibe around him, like like he's having any troubles as it stands right now. He did test positive, so hopefully that's all the further it goes. And Tyron Matthew can get a couple of negative tests because he is fully vaccinated. He confirmed that on Twitter. He can get a couple negative tests in a row here and just get back with the team as soon as he possibly can. And so that's good. I'm not necessarily worried about him missing week one. I don't know that anybody in the building's really worried about him missing week one. So I do think that that's a positive thing. Obviously not something where you want to have him missing a week here, but if they're doing a lot of film rooms, doing a lot of film study in this next week, he could do some of that remotely at least and still be able to stay on top of things, still be a part of that room in a little bit. It's obviously not the same as being there in person, but he can be there in some sort of way until he can get back there in the building. You think it's just too hard entirely to predict or worry too much about what's going to happen with Tyron Matthew based on this right now. Like very little information has come out to this point in time. There is plenty of time for him to get through the entire protocol and be able to play week one for the chiefs. If he's not, this should not be him. Hopefully in best case scenario, something is going to cause him to miss extended period of time. So it would be disappointing to have him miss a game, maybe two games if worst case scenario, but at the end of the day, like I don't think that Tyron Matthews looking at being sidelined for a long portion of this year. It happened just enough time far away from week one that he should be able to be ready for that. It's like it's a scare for sure for him, his health, like personally, not even related to football. But I mean, in terms of being a fan of the Chiefs or the Chiefs outlook, I don't think it's going to have that much of an impact on the team in the grand scheme of things. Okay, so since we last talked, some of the you know, practice squad and waiver claim stuff has kind of been fleshed out a little bit. And we kind of said on here, maybe we aren't going to be too upset, or maybe at least I said about the roster construction. If the Chiefs don't lose some of the young, talented players like a Bo Pete Keys or a Tim Ward. And what happened was <laughs> they did exactly that. Bo Pete Keys, former seventh round pick, Tim Ward. Uh, undrafted free agent who has been around the Chiefs last couple of years, had a very productive preseason. Two talented players that earned an opportunity elsewhere, Maddie. And I think when you see that the who the Chiefs kept and that they were letting both of these guys go, I think these are both guys that we mentioned that we could see getting picked up off the waiver wire. I think Tim Ward was a no-brainer, and that second you saw he went to what, like the second overall team in the waiver wire order, and yeah. there was reportedly at least one other team, but it sounds like probably a handful that were interested in bringing Tim Ward in. So absolutely no surprise there. Bo Pete Keys makes a ton of sense for the Indianapolis Colts, you know, zone, heavy cover two defense, a lot of length. He can play physically, he has good ball skills. Like he makes a lot of sense there. He seems like a little bit more of a, a flyer on a talented guy that got released. But Chris Ballard knows Andy Reid. He's got, he knows Brett Veach. Like he has got a connection with them so they can flush out who he is as a character, 
his person. So I do wish Bo Peak Keys and Tim Ward the best where they go, but I, it's still a little frustrating to keep special teams only guys that have been here for two to three years over young, developing, talented players. And everyone's quick little comebacks to these are the team knows more than you. Yes, they absolutely do. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, unless you just want us to sit here and have a three-second podcast saying the Chiefs are always right, let's end it. <laughs> like that's just simply not going to be what we say here. And then the I next tried thing, to do that, by the way. I did. tried to do that when we opened this, but yeah. Yeah. It would it, you you would have been canceled, Craig. You and your <laughs> MacDoodle shirt would have gotten canceled. That's even worse. So just let people be mad at me for potentially saying the Chiefs made a mistake by letting Tim Ward go so they could keep a special teams only player and let him go sign for another team. Like, it's okay. Every NFL team's been wrong before. I'm not saying the Chiefs will be, but you can't look at what Tim Ward's development over his first couple of years and say, huh, the Chiefs have absolutely no need for a guy with that kind of talent that is showing progress in his NFL career. Just sometimes roster decisions can be really head-scratching, especially when it seems so obvious that a guy like Ward would get picked up by a team like the Jets. What's funny I, is, is the Chiefs, I mean, I, I according to, you know, Craig's re research and, you know, the Chiefs don't, you know, with Steve Spagnuolo, they've kept 10 defensive linemen. So they went out of their way to buck their trend to not keep Tim Ward. That's something. It is. Um, I, I think the other part of this is we trust this coaching staff to maximize a lot of these guys. We we praise the Sam Madisons, the Brendan Daly's, the you know, the Matt Houses, the Dave Merritt's a lot. You know, we we praise their ability to get the absolute most out of these guys. And Steve Spagnolo as well. And so when you have these guys that are good athletes, have higher ceilings, have, you know, some of the things that the coaching staff really likes and some elements that they don't necessarily have in some of those places, and you see them start to flash a little bit of ability, you start to think, well, maybe this coaching staff is starting to get the most out of them. Maybe they're starting to, you know, get them on the upswing. And then you see two years worth of development on a guy like Tim Ward is now gone. A year worth of development on Bo Peak Keys is now gone. I mean, I'm not saying that the coaching staff isn't part of these meetings. They obviously are. I don't, you know, Steve Spagnuolo's not sitting there going, oh my goodness, I can't believe that we cut that guy. No, he knows. It's, you know, he well, knows. And it's not, he didn't pound the table to keep him either. Like, if correct. Steve Spagnuolo stood up on the table and said, we're keeping Tim Ward, Tim Ward would still be on the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. So like, there's absolutely. a lot more that goes into it. But yeah, I'm with Craig. Just seeing that, develop, we visually saw the development, especially with Ward. You could see it on the field over the years if you went to training camp, if you watched the preseason games. So when you can see that as a fan, the coaching staff clearly sees it too. They see a lot more also, not in front of the cameras, not in front of fans, but just it's really hard to swallow that pill when you see the development happen right in front of your eyes. Absolutely. It's a, it's a credit to the coaching staff that they've been able to get the most out of some of these players. And let me tell you something. If you're trying to get the most out of your ring budget for your engagements, you need to talk to our pals at Ruback Fine Jewelry. A custom ring doesn't mean it has to be an insane price point. It can still fit within your budget. And how the owner of Ruback is the guy that can help make that a reality Ruback's been Chiefs fans. They, they, they're, they're Chiefs fans through and through. They've worked with several Chiefs fans over the you know the last several years. And this is a local company doing wonderful things in a low-pressure environment. They're not pushing you to try 
to go and extend beyond your budget. They're going to work with you to try to find something that makes sense for you in a big moment in your life. I mean, this is a big, this is a big milestone in your life if you're looking to purchase an engagement ring. And Ruback will make that experience wonderful. I wish I knew about Ruback when it was my time to buy an engagement ring. Don't make the mistake I did. You know about Ruback now. Make sure you go visit them. Go to ruback.co. There is no M there. .co. Set an appointment with Powell for a custom ring buying experience. You will not regret it. Trust me. Uh, they're they're wonderful. So make sure you go and check them out if you are in the market for a ring. Okay. Maddie, I think you know this is something you wanted to do. We're gonna do it. I love, I love this. This is gonna be fun. I think we did this last year. We're gonna go ahead and go across the board and we're going to predict the division winners. And what else do you want to predict tonight? What else do you want to predict tonight, Maddie? We're going to do division winners. Do you want to do the Super Bowl? What do you want to do? We're doing division winners. We're doing wild cards, all 36 of them. And then we're just going to tell you who is going to the Super Bowl. And who we can do who wins if you want to. If you're feeling spicy, you can go ahead and say who's going to win the Super Bowl. But can, we all just, just... can we all just say the Chiefs are winning? <laughs> Wait, I had the Raiders. Oh, oh. oh. Boy, you want to talk about getting this podcast canceled. You want to get out of this car? Hurry. My goodness. <laughs> oh, knock on wood if you're not with me. David, <laughs> David Carr told me. <laughs> oh, that's true. His brother probably did say. Okay. Well, uh, let's just go do this then. We'll start with the AFC. The AFC, the AFC East, Maddie, who wins? Uh, Buffalo Bills. I don't think. Oh, actually, it, it's close. We'll get to the wild card stuff later. But I, I think the Buffalo Bills still pull out this division. I think they are clearly the second most talented team in the AFC, and so they have a, a pretty strong hole on the AFC East. Yeah, I confirmed. I did. Buffalo Bills. They just got a lot of young talent, a lot of good guys. They got this roster together for another year. I, I don't see there's any way that they don't win this. Yeah, you heard that. It wasn't agreed. It was confirmed. So, like, you've heard it here from the big RM. It's been confirmed that the Bills are winning the AFC East. Congratulations, Buffalo, on the sweep. All right, AFC North, Maddie. I want to know who you got. I will take the Cleveland Browns, and I don't feel good about it. I don't think I'm as high on the Cleveland Browns as everybody else, just because I don't trust Baker Mayfield as much as a lot of other quarterbacks in this conference. I think there's a handful of quarterbacks I trust more to win big games. However, I can see the direction this Cleveland Browns team is going. I think Kevin Stefanski is a good coach. So I will give them the edge over this division because they do have a quarterback that can actually throw the football. Can't say that about the rest of the division. Speaking of quarterbacks that can throw the football, I'm not going to be here for the slander. I'm going with the Ravens. I am. I, I, I think that this is a good Ravens squad. I think this Cleveland Browns squad is a little bit overhyped. I do think that the defense is very good i think that offensive line is very good i think they got some talented weapons as well they're by no means a bad team i just think that the ravens are this team that just consistently finds ways to win and they find ways to win against their division so i i think that the ravens are going to take a couple games off the browns i don't think the steelers are as strong either so i think they're going to be the team that comes out of all of this as the division winner oh it's not the steelers no, it's not the Steelers. It's not Big Ben. You know what? I actually think I might go with Cleveland too, if I'm being mm. honest. 
Take that, Craig. Give me well, the Browns. I'll be right, and you guys can be wrong. I see give how me, it is. You look. Give me the Browns. This isn't I, my favorite Ravens roster they've had in a couple years. Actually, no. like I think oh, top no, to I bottom, think. I think this Ravens roster has taken a small half step back. Just injuries, offensive line turnover. I think the Browns are going up. The Ravens have kind of stalled out, and people have caught up to them. That's just where my two cents on how it's the Browns. I think Kevin Stefanski is a very good offensive mind. They continue to overhaul that defense, and they've added more talent to that side of the football. I really like that group. All right. AFC South. This one's kind of interesting. What you got, Maddie? It's the Texans, right? If by interesting, you mean horrific, then yeah, like this is your NFC East of 2020. Like this is a, this is a rough looking division. Um, I think the Titans have to just win by default. Like it, ha- it has been the Tennessee Titans by default. The Colts don't seem like they're going to be able to field much of a roster with injuries <laughs> and some of the positive testing that's coming out of there. The Jacksonville Jaguars, I, I think that they are building it the right way, but there is no chance I'm believing in Urban Meyer in the NFL in year one. It's just I have seen what he started to do. I'm not digging it yet, and Houston is somehow worse than both of those other two teams combined. Yeah, I, I do like what the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing. I think they're a couple of years away, but that, I do like what they're building. I, I do like where they're going there, and I was going to be a little salty and kind of look at the Colts a little bit, but for the very same reasons that Maddie said, like, if you can't feel the team, then you're going to struggle. So by default, Derrick Henry and the Tennessee Titans are going to come out there. And to the Tennessee Titan fans that were in our mentions in the YouTube after we got done previewing that game, just want you to know we are picking you to win this division. So chill. Oh, we are? Come get popped, Titans fans. I'm still salty. I remember when y'all came over for the AFC Championship game a couple years ago. Obnoxious. One of my best friends in the world, Titans fan. Obnoxious. I'm going with the Colts. You know why? I actually, you know what? I, I really like Frank Reich. I know that there are a litany of issues there. I think there is still a ton of talent. I know there are going to be some injury issues. There's going to be some stuff there. I don't think the Titans are that good. Uh, I don't think this, I think this is, I don't think this, this Titans team is as good as the team that they fielded two years ago that got hot. Give me the Colts and I don't love it. I don't feel great about it, but if I can also troll the Titans fans too, don't hate it. Give me the Colts. Tennessee fans. That is Kent underscore Swanson on Twitter. You can direct (laughs) it at Kent underscore Swanson. Yeah. And you and Jack Conklin's dad can both come at me. I don't care. Come through. We're good. AFC West, I wonder, Maddie. You know, I think that this could be the year that the Chiefs win the AFC West. I I think they finally got it in the bag this time around. I thought you were going Chargers. Yeah, Yeah, we don't we don't need to belabor this point. We this team has the most talent. Um, They consistently win. They've got the best coaching staff. Like I, I I get that the Chargers every year they look great on paper, but until they do it, it's the Chiefs. Last time I checked, Patrick Mahomes looks better than everybody on paper because paper has all of the analytics, like him, large gap. So, yeah, even on paper, it's the Chiefs. Can I ask a hypothetical? No. Let's pretend that Deshaun Watson gets to play this entire year and he gets traded to Denver. How close is Denver to competing with the Chiefs in your mind for the AFC West? Mm, They're close. Like I I think that they become more of a threat than the – Bronc or then the Chargers do because that Broncos defense is ridiculously good and I do really like those weapons so I do think that they're closer I could see a season split I think that those would be excellent games between those two teams though 
still too. I'm I'm just I'm rolling Pat. I'm sorry. Don't care. NFC East. <laughs> the, the always entertaining division. Yeah, Here let's we go. do the wild card since we just got done talking about all the. AFC. Oh, you just want to go? You want to go there? Okay. Yeah, yeah, Craig, do your wild cards. Tell us who. Tell us uh, who you got. I'm, since I picked the the Ravens, the Browns are going to make it in as one of the wild cards. I do think that the Patriots are going to end up sneaking in just by virtue Ooh. of all of this, and then I think that it's going to be the Denver Broncos. Believe it or not riding Teddy Bridgewater's st- steady Teddy in that defense. I think they're going to sneak in being just over 500. Teddy two gloves. All right, so my number one wildcard team is going to be the Miami Dolphins. And I think I have decided that I'm the highest person outside of Miami that is a Dol- and England. You know, the country of England seems to be big Dolphins fans because they played over there a lot. But uh, outside of those two locations, I think I'm the biggest Dolphins fans. I think two is looking a little bit better. I love what they have going on there on the defensive side of the ball. I think their coaching staff is phenomenal. So give me the Dolphins as the first wild card. Ravens coming in at number two. And I really was tempted to go with the Chargers. I think Justin Herbert's ready. He's ready to take that next step. But give me the Patriots. I think Bill Belichick's here for a bounce back. He steals that third wild card spot. Uh, I'm I'm identical with you, Maddie. Dolphins. Uh, and I, I'm a believer in the Dolphins as well. Uh, Ravens. And Patriots, all it's three. Funny. It's funny how much you two dunk on Tua and how much of a Tua defender I am over here. Yeah, I don't understand how I'm getting clumped in with all this Tua slander. That's <laughs> oh, very much Maddie. This is that not a me good. problem. Oh, it was definitely <laughs> just me, and he was not good last year. He's been a little <laughs> better in the preseason, but it's more of the, I believe that they added the right kind of weapons around him, and I love their coaching staff. And like, not just like on field. I do love their coaching, coaching staff. staff. Their secondary is sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, good. We can't say sick in this economy. You got to say good. Okay. Uh, <laughs> two is better than Mac Jones. Uh, NFC East, Maddie. Uh, give me the Dallas Cowboys. Shockingly, Micah Parsons, really good at football. Who would have thought it? Give me the Dallas Cowboys. As long as Dak's healthy, I do think they have the ability to put up the most points. I think offense right now in the NFL beats out defense. It's close, but give me the Cowboys sneaking in this year, assuming they can stay healthy. Big assumption. Yeah. It's between them and the Washington football team for me. But yeah, I think that Dak just tilts it in the favor of the Cowboys a little more. That Washington football team defensive line is really good. Like really, really good. But I just think that Dak and Zeke, who looks a lot slimmer, looks like he's moving a lot better too. I, I just think that that offense is going to be a little bit better and be enough to uh, to win out that division. Yeah, Washington's tempting. Fitz magic is tempting, but I think I got to go with the Cowboys. All right. NFC North. Maddie. This is as easy as the AFC West. It's the Green Bay Packers. It's not particularly close, boring catastrophe. Uh, Kurt Cousins, no. Jared Goff, God, no. The Chicago Bears should just roll Justin Fields so they have a chance. But, I mean, the rest of that roster is just not on Green Bay's level. Yeah. Again, Justin Fields is the guy. Go with him. Roll with him. Build around him. The key word is build around him, and and they didn't so far this season. So, yeah, Andy Reid's going to take some shots early, and the Packers are going to run away with this one. If it were a kneecap-eating contest, (laughs) I'd still go with the Packers. It's Green Bay. NFC South, Matt. Uh, you know, I, I'm the Tampa Bay Buccaneers aren't going to go from Super Bowl champion to out of the playoffs to not winning their division. Tom Brady 
while not as good as he once was, showcased down the stretch that he can still be a very high-end quarterback. I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have this division locked up still for the short term. Yeah, I you know, I like Jameis in New Orleans, but it's still going to be Jameis. There's going to be some games he's going to give away, and the rest of the this uh, this division, frankly, isn't very good. So it it's going to be Tampa Bay. Agreed, but I think the Saints make it a little more interesting than we're thinking. I, I'm buying Jameis a little bit. All right, NFC West, Matthew. The Los Angeles Rams finally have a quarterback. Matthew Stafford <laughs> has taken this team to the promised land. Let's go Rams. Easy. Easy, huh? Yeah. Easy? Yeah. I'm Listen, I and know the two best what's players happening. In the division. Two best players in the division. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I know what's going on. I'm still going with the Seahawks. I, I, I think that Stafford, while he's a quarterback that I like and Sean McVay is going to be able to do some fun stuff. And I, I think as we're going to get to here, I think the Rams are still going to be a very good team here. I just think that Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson are going to put up a lot of numbers DK Metcalf out there. I think you're going to see a lot of offense out of that team. I think they'll do enough to win the division. I'm going with the Rams. Sorry, Craig. I'm just I'm just diametrically opposed to you. Listen, about, I'll just that's fine today. Uh, but that's where I'm at today. I like I do like the Rams a lot. You know, <laughs> some excuse me, some elite talent on defense, and they've drastically upgraded the quarterback position. All right, let's go ahead and pick these wild card teams. What you got, Craig? Well, the Rams are going to be my one seed. They they are because they're really. I think they're going to be a really good football team. They're going to surprise the people a little bit. I am going to put the Washington football team coming in as my two seed, and I'm going to put the New Orleans Saints as my three seed. I think that I think that that's pretty. I think that's pretty clearly the best three teams out of the NFC after this. I could see some other teams sneaking in, but those are you know fairly confident with the coaching staff and the talent that those three teams are good enough to make the playoffs as it stands. So you two have been giving me a lot of crap for my quarterback slander of the AFC. Let me tell you what, New Orleans Saints coming as my top wild card, one game behind the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because I am a Jameis believer. I always have been. I have always thought that people are way too hard on Jameis Winston based on some of the other stuff that goes around around there. So I think with Sean Payton, even with no Michael Thomas, even with nobody that can really catch the football around him, I think Jameis and these New Orleans Saints teams are going to be really good. Followed up by the Washington football team, who after a rocky first half of the year, gets Cam Newton, gets him out there starting, and they make a late season push into the playoffs with Cam Newton as their starting quarterback. And we round out the playoffs. I, I was kind of torn here. Can Kyle Shanahan get this 49ers defense and everybody healthy and roll them in over the Seahawks? I just, I don't, I'm not feeling Russell Wilson anymore. And this could just be a bias. I find him really corny. I don't like his just, <laughs> I don't like how he portrays himself in the world. And I have a really hard time rooting for Russell Wilson. I really do. But I do think that quarterbacks win. Russell Wilson is the next best quarterback in this division who I've kept out. So they sneak in as the last wildcard team. Wow, your feelings, your negative feelings towards Russell Wilson are unlimited. Oh, my goodness. All right. Give me the Niners top wild card. Ooh, Ooh spicy. Give me. How much is Trey Lance playing on that team, Ken? No, that's a good football team. I don't really. I mean, we've seen this team have a lot of success with Jimmy G. So, yes, Trey Lance might get some more PT. I don't know. But I, this this team is very good 
without him. Kyle Shanahan's a wizard. They have an elite defensive line. I mean, if they stay healthy, which is always a question uh, with them, 49 IRs. But give me the 49ers. Uh, give me the Saints uh, as well, Maddie. And give me the Seahawks. I'll take the Seahawks. Uh, all right, let's just go ahead. Super Bowl winners, and who do they beat? Matt? Well, we have the Chiefs beating the Bills in the AFC Championship game to go on to play the Los Angeles Rams, who beat the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Championship game. In a shootout, Matthew Stafford has his chance, but can't overtake Patrick Mahomes as the Chiefs win. Wow. Wow, painting a real picture there. No, I think that Chiefs over Bills in the AFC Championship game, that's going to seem trendy. And yeah, that's what it was last year too. But I, I just think that those are, that's the class of the AFC right there. So I think that those two teams are going to be there. Chiefs are going to beat win that game. I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to beat the Green Bay Packers again. I, I think that they're going to be able to lock down those receivers with that secondary, that defensive line is scary. And I think that it's going to be a repeat of last year, except the Chiefs are going to beat the Bucs in the Super Bowl with a healthy offensive line. And it's going to be so, so sweet. Oh, we're going to be wow. insufferable if that happens. I might actually tweet at a football player. If that happens, <laughs> Devin White, be, be on the lookout. I was going to say, I know exactly which player it is. <laughs> the only time I would ever consider tweeting at an athlete is Devin White if the Chiefs beat them in the Super Bowl. I might send I might send some deuces to Antoine Winfield Jr. Nah, nah, I don't have. A I didn't mind that. that. That was fine. That yeah. was cool. <laughs> I don't Devin care. White, I'm though, a, I'm gonna stay petty. Hit the bricks. Chiefs beat the Green Bay Packers in the Super Bowl, uh, State Farm Bowl in Aaron Rodgers' final year with the Packers. And poor Jake, our dear pal, cries. I laugh a little bit, and then Jordan Love becomes a mediocre quarterback. That's going to do it for the Casey Laboratory. Thank you so much for listening. Appreciate you. Appreciate KC Sports Network and Emprise Bank. This has been a lot of fun so far. Really appreciate everybody. We'll catch you later.